Hello and welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. I'm your host, Jeff Spencer. We are back. It's been almost two years since we last recorded a podcast and a lot has happened in the time since. So let's do a little bit of a recap and get everyone up to speed. First, we have a new leadership here in Collier County. Every two years, we have an election to choose a new slate of officers. Anissa Kareem and myself as chair and vice chair chose to step down. There are a lot of reasons for this, but the main being that we both felt that the party needed fresh energy and fresh perspectives to grow as it needed to grow. So uh, we've put a lot of effort over the last six years to build a strong foundation for the party to build. We raised more money in the last six years than the previous 12 combined. We upgraded our website, social media, and communications presence to reach more Democrats. We invested in improved financial and volunteer management systems to allow us to maximize our potential. We filled in a full slate of candidates for all the offices in 2018 and 2020. And that ended up with us having the highest Democratic turnout in 2020 of any county in the entire state. So we're very, very proud of everything we were accomplished. And they were big accomplishments, but they were not enough. The party needed some fresh perspectives and new ideas to take the next step towards turning Collier Blue. And I'm very excited about our new slate of officers and the direction that they are taking the party. Our new chair is Jane Sletwig. Jane worked with Anissa and I as the state committee woman, where she represented Collier County at the state party level. Jane is also the Region 12 chair of the Democratic Women's Club of Florida. So she's very, very well qualified to take over the party. Our new vice chair is Adam Mulney. Adam has been our data coordinator for the last four years. And I can personally say that he's been an integral part of all of the successes and all of the different steps that we've taken to make Collier successful. So very excited about Adam and Jane taking over the chair and vice chair role. Ann Daly was re-elected as treasurer for the second term, and Judy Freiberg was re-elected as secretary for her second term. This new leadership is incredibly qualified, as I've already said, and has already hit the ground running. New members and new volunteers have already started to participate Melody Hardy has taken over the Communications Committee and has a great plan to reach out to more Democrats and non-Democrats alike. And it can be seen at February's meeting where it was standing room only and we had new volunteers and new faces signing up to help and on all of the new committees and working hard to make Collier Blue. The next two years are going to be very important. As we all know, we have a governor who is emboldened and continues to go on the attack, and he's looking to make a presidential run. We have the school board and county commission here in Collier County that has lurched ever farther right, parroting conspiracy theories, discounting science, ignoring the needs of the most vulnerable constituents here in Collier County. We really need to step up and have our voices heard to combat the direction that the school board and county commission is going. And then we have Senator Rick Scott is up for re-election, and we all know what he did in his eight years as governor and his six years as a senator, so we need to make sure that we give everybody working hard to defeat him in his re-election efforts. Jane and the rest of the leadership have a plan to engage the new voters, and you can find out more about their plans and how you can help by going to www.callyourdems.org. So I encourage everyone to check it out there. We'll be right back after a few words. And we'll get into some topics on the panel discussion. Welcome back.
We at the Collier County Democratic Party are a completely self-funded organization. We do not receive any money from the Florida Democratic Party or the Democratic National Committee. We survive and thrive on donations from local Democrats like you. Each and every dollar goes to activities here in Collier County to amplify your voice and speak up for what we believe. Go to www.callyourdems.org and click on the donate button. We thank you for your support. All right, we're back here. We're here with Amber and Linda. We're going to chat about the state of affairs here in Florida and a little bit about Collier County. How are you guys doing? I've seen you guys since we last spoke on the podcast, but it's been a while. It has been a, it has been a minute since we last talked on the podcast. I think we were all um, collectively exhausted after the year that was COVID and uh, 2020 election, and we all kind of had to take a little uh, recuperation. But um, you know, stuff's still moving forward, so we need to we need to get back on it. Yes, no, it has been a little nutty, and um, I think our glimpse of happiness with the election of President Biden just turned to sadness with the um, election of DeSantis and the the red wave that hit Florida, not necessarily the United States as a whole, but for sure Florida, and especially here in Collier County. Yeah, I mean, I think DeSantis, uh, you know, we can dive into it. DeSantis is, feels, you know, emboldened by what happened in 2022. Uh, he did win here in Florida by a, a lot. And, you know, in future podcasts, we can get into what the numbers actually looked like for him. Because I, I do think that there's some things to be, I'm not going to say hopeful, but uh, less uh, down about uh, how much he won by. There's some things that, that show that Democrats didn't turn out uh, in the numbers that they had in previous elections and uh, some other things. But because of his win, he's emboldened. He's he's kind of moving forward. Now, I guess he is, along with a bunch of other Republicans across the country, are have think that attacking education is is the way to go. He's He's attacking AP courses, specifically any that teach black history. And I think the most recent thing was that he was going to stop all AP courses for some reason. Uh, he's making some announcements about preventing woke investment practices, which is having banks be able to review the social impact of their investments. Uh, and he's uh, rolling back some freedoms of the press. He's trying to, at least. Do you guys think this is going to work or do you think he's overstepping? <laughs> that is a loaded question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's difficult. If if his aspirations are purely local, it it appears, unfortunately, to be wo- to be working. Um, I don't. I don't. I certainly see. You know, there's some pushback locally. Um, talking about state statewide of some of these things, and there's definitely some lawsuits that have been filed about. Uh, against some of these things so we'll see how how those turn out um but nationally he's obviously getting a lot of negative attention and i think that's the bigger question is if he truly is planning to run nationally how this pretty i would say very extreme take that he's doing in his second term here in florida 
how that's going to play um, nationally. But I mean, we saw how it played with with Trump and his extreme statements, and uh, a, a large portion of the country was okay with it. So I, I don't. I'm not sure. I think it's a wild card, um, Linda. Yeah, I mean, Jeff brought up a good point. When you're looking at the numbers as far as here in Collier County, the voters that came out, the independents, there's definitely room to grow. I hear what Jeff is saying on that. And, you know, especially when we talk about Miami-Dade County, some of the more traditionally Democratic strongholds really underperformed, which was sad to see. Um, but definitely if we're down at the bottom. There's only you can only go higher from here. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna be optimistic about it, <laughs> but um, I think and you know from what I have read, seen, heard, it is yet unclear if DeSantis can bring this woke anti woke agenda um, to the mainstream and nationally. Um, I think when you look at what happened everywhere else as Florida was looking through the fence at happier places in the United States where these these kind of super right-wing Republicans didn't win their elections. But yet here in Florida, we were like, oh my God, every red person won their election here. Um, you know, you can potentially say that that anti-woke ideology didn't necessarily pan out on a national level um, as, as it did here in Florida. And um, so I think that is a is a hopeful place to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, and as you know, as I alluded to, I mean, one of the, the biggest things that happened during uh, DeSantis's election um, that I think affected the turnout was just money spent in previous elections. Take 2020, for example, outside entities. So uh, groups that were spending national groups that were spending in the state of Florida in the 2020 election, they spent $60 million in the state of Florida in TV ads and radio ads and whatnot to get people to turn out to vote. That's Democratic groups spending $60 million in the 2020 election. In 2022, that number was $1 million. So oh it was less than 2% of what they spent in 2020. And as you can see, the turnout numbers dropped precipitously during that election. So I think there's room to grow. I think there's some things that we can do to improve the turnout, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I just don't know whether it's going to play. I, I tend to agree with Amber on that. I think nationally he's going to have a harder time with these uh, positions. I think it sets him up well for a Republican primary nationally. I don't know that it sets him up for a general election nationally. Um, especially when we look across the state in the last election, across the states in the last election, we saw some of these really right wing positions take, you know, what should have been a even better Republican year and made them almost a Democratic year. And a lot of people, a lot of Democrats actually won their election when they should have been beaten soundly when you consider the inflation statistics, gen generally a midterm election after. A presidential election doesn't fare well for the president's party. So there are a lot of signals saying that taking this approach isn't going to work nationally. Um, but then again, he did very well in the state. And you can see a lot of the local politicians, state representatives, state senate, 
and even here in Collier County, which has turned into an incredibly red county. I mean, it was red before, but the crazies have taken control and they are running full steam ahead. We've got a county commission who just this most recent county commission, they've agreed and passed to return the million dollars worth of funding from the federal government that was going to Immokalee to help with and COVID-19 information. And, and we're actually repaying $167,000 that was used. Collier County is going to go ahead and pay that back to the federal government. And LaCastro says that that's throwaway money here in Collier County. And then you look over to the school board, and the school board has Jerry Rutherford, the school board, one of the most recent school boards who won his election in 2022, has stated to the Naples Daily News that he wants to bring back corporal punishment and make sure that we have fewer rights for the LGBTQ community. So they are just going full steam ahead with this, and they're doubling down on all of these positions that the furthest right are pushing. And I just don't know if they're going to pay off in the end. I think at a certain point, you're going to hit a threshold similar to what happened with the Dobbs decision in pushing forward on anti-abortion practices to the point where you hit that where people are just not going to take it so much. What do you guys think? I like to think that for sure. I mean, I, and I do, I think I generally still do. I think, I think part of the problem with local politics in general um, is that there's just so many people that are uninformed. And I know that that's happened here in Collier County is you have some, some groups that raise a lot of money, um, conservative groups, and they put out this information and they get it out there because there there are a larger number of registered Republicans and they just see this information, they get their little postcards or um, you know, whatever kind of talking points are being distributed and they're like, oh, okay, that's it. And they don't look beyond, I think a, the vast majority of people don't look beyond that and I remember specifically after the school board election, and um, even though the the teachers um, were in droves, were terrified by what happened, um, and were expressing that pretty openly, if you were paying attention. Um, but especially afterwards, I think it got a little bit more publicity, and um, some of these people who voted for him were were out like, oh, I didn't realize that you know, X, Y, Z, that he's, you know, 83 years old and that he's never, ever been a teacher and that, you know, he has no qualifications and that he said these things about uh, corporal punishment and about uh, kids that have uh, disabilities, um, you know, some pretty unsavory things enough to get the Collier County, uh, the spotlight shined, shown on us in the New York Times and nas other national sources about this guy. Um, so I think there were some people afterwards that were like, oh, I think, um, um, I, I like to, I like to believe that the majority of people in this county and in the country as a whole are not so extreme as the people that are shouting these anti-woke and racist and anti-LGBTQ things. Um, I think a lot of people just, they get they like, I'm a Republican because of X, Y, Z, certain issues that they 
that they align with and they vote that no matter what. And they're not looking at, okay, these Republicans are different than these Republicans. Because that's what we saw here in Collier County, especially but back to the school board. There is nobody that's running that's a Democrat. It's not even, a, you know, in a lot of these elections. And the stuff that that came out against these other the other people that were running was it's just insane. And I, part of me is hoping that like you know it's a little bit of like Frankenstein's monster in a way. It's like okay, well you know, yeah, you start voting a little bit for these extreme politicians. You're like, well, you know, I I like I'm a Republican. I might not like everything they say, but you know, yeah, I got to vote for them. Well it's just going further and further and um and it's starting to bite these more moderate republicans in the butt and i'm hoping that maybe that will open some people's eyes but um i i honestly think and you can see this with with national polls of of issues people are generally in most of the bigger issues center left um in things that they want as far as, you know, social security and as far as abortion and as far as, um, you know, any of the environmental issues, like the majority of people when polled actually poll center left, but then you have these fringe um, groups and you have these like hot button issues that people go out and vote, these single issue voters. Um, but I don't think that's the that's the norm. And I think we have to remember that is that we are not uh, they are not the majority at all. Um, and they need to they need to know that, too. Well, while I agree with that, I, I totally do. I just think that Collier County behaves in a much different way. I, you know, I happen to know a lot of conservative Republicans and they just don't seem as perturbed as I am with the shenanigans of our county commissioners and more importantly, our school board members. I don't know what the threshold is going to be for them to, to become incensed with this, you know, ideology that they're trying to, you know, like shove down our throats. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that, uh, that the house will be burned down before they show up with houses. No, and I, and I think that's a fair concern considering some of the things, I mean, here in Collier County in the last, you know, honestly, since Trump, and I, I know you, you guys have feel the same way on this. I mean, the way things seem to operate pre the 2016 election versus now, it just seems like the threshold and what Republicans are willing to accept as just okay and fine is way, way different than what it was uh, before Donald Trump came on the scene. I mean, I, you know, prior to this 2022 election, one of the new county commissioners, uh, County Commissioner Moshier, got into hot water because he was asked a question about an aide that he had on staff that had posted a bunch of anti-Semitic uh, statements on their personal account. The Naples Daily News asked him about it, asked him for a statement, and his statement was, I don't see anything wrong with what that person said. And that person was elected. Tim Mosher was elected even after something like that. 
um, with this county commission case where they're refunding the million dollar grant from uh, from and repaying one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. I mean, I, there, there's just a certain level of frustration that I have for that, because it's you know, one thing I grew up. We all grew up with Republicans claiming that they were fiscally responsible and to have a Republican say that it's throwaway money as a government official. I mean, it's tax dollars that we're all spending and he's just we're just going to throw away one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. I just find that so frustrating to see something that was articulated for 40 years as a tenant of the Republican Party just to be totally ignored because it's now convenient to be anti-vaccination. But to add to that, at this county commission meeting, there was a lady, Karen Kingston, who was brought up by Commissioner Hall to speak about vaccines. And she literally said, she made a presentation and stated that the vaccine was a biological weapon and that it was evil. Now that is the presentation that was requested by the county commissioner for Collier County. They, they knew what she was going to present, and they said, yes, we want you to present that as our evidence on why we're not going to accept money from the federal government. I mean, we're just in crazyville right now that vaccines are, and I, I you know, I guess this is, this is old news, the fact that we're still sitting here going, I can't believe people are upset about vaccines. But, I mean, we're sitting here turning away money, and this isn't money for you know, the wealthy on Fifth Avenue, this is money that was needed for Immokalee that doesn't get any money to begin with. And it just strikes me as appalling that we would turn away money for the most needy in our county and then use conspiracy theories to justify it and then to suggest that the money that we pay, we're just going to throw away tax dollars that we've all given because it's throwaway money here in Collier County. It just seems crazy. And I, I, you know, and this, not to take us on a side, side tangent, but this is in essence the Alfie Oaks movement of the party here in Collier County specifically. Um, every single one of the candidates that he put forward on his slate uh, one, he is the state committee man for the Collier County Republican Party, uh, and he is, uh, ever since he got the backlash around the Floyd George statements, Floyd. the George Floyd statements that he made, he has just been on a mission to fill the Collier County government with as many of his acolytes as he can find, and so far, he's been able to do it. Yeah. Well, I think that's where you, you know, you have a, a right-leaning county. Uh, and, I'm, you know, I'm sure this could go the, the same in the left-leaning county, but um, you know, we're seeing it here where the people are, you can get anyone you want elected. Um, and then you have the, you get a particular brand in there who are, have an agenda and have money behind them and you really don't have to do much. It's really doesn't take much. Um, you just put that information out there and most people just kind of vote down, down the ticket. Um, I think we've also had an influx of people over the last few years that are more right-leaning and, you know, based on 
because of DeSantis and trying to say people that how Florida is, is, uh, you know, freedom and all this kind of stuff. Um, so there was definitely like-minded people coming because of that. And I think we also lost people who were, who were, uh, you know, are turned off by him or are not coming because of that. And, you know, if I weren't here, you know, we have our life here and jobs and, um, it's hard to leave. But if I were in that situation where I needed to move somewhere, Florida, I don't think would be on my list right now. I, I also think that when we speak about candidates, um, you know, we put forth Charlie Crist. I'm sorry. I think we knew he wasn't, he was going to be a dud and he wasn't going to do anything. I, I'm still not fully set on, on uh, the thought that Florida is no longer a swing state. That yeah. it will no, just vote Republican. True. Yeah, I'm not remotely set on that. Um, statewide, there's still when you look at a map, though, there are so many portions of Florida that are so very red. We go through the state, and it's red, red, red. But even the areas that always pulled us out of that vast redness um, kind of fell off this this past midterm election. Um, but again, I, I, if we get convincing candidates. Um, statewide, I think we would be in a better place. But again, I will keep on saying this Collier County is a different animal. We are so mm -hmm. outnumbered here. This county is so gosh darn conservative and, and, the, and, and now more so in the most negative way to be conservative, anti-woke conservative, where you just can't say anything about anything without them screaming that we're somehow trying to make them feel bad for being white. So I, I, I don't know. I'm a little negative. I don't know how to pivot into something more positive because literally this county drives me completely insane. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say about it. Mm. Alfie is a terrible person, terrible person. His not even but even before he became this this uh, paragon of Republicanness, um, he was always a disgusting person who always said disgusting things. And yet this county was like, OK, it's just Alfie Oaks. And now he has an even bigger voice. He has a place that I can literally see from my house that is full to the brim every day and night of people. So it doesn't even matter what he says anymore. People will still flock to him and they will bend the knee for him. So I don't fully know how Collier County is going to be able to combat that. Yeah, I don't think there's, a, you know, there isn't a way uh, to combat it. But I think if they're if they're going to continue to take us down these these rabbit holes these kind of you know republican primary ideas that that really don't have any place in fixing the problems that we face i mean collier county has some real problems that it has to address we just dealt with a major hurricane that came through for the second time in five years and many of us in had damage to our homes and had to deal with it and that's an effect of climate change whether republicans want to agree with it or not collier county is going to have to address that we have an affordable housing crisis this is just an anecdote but talking to friends of mine who who live in california or who have recently come from california they're saying that it's higher priced to live here in collier county than it was in los angeles and that's Don't doubt that crazy and We've talked about this on the podcast in the past. Some of our major employers like Arthrex has had to have 
direct meetings with the county commissioners saying that affordable housing was the main deterrent for them bringing in high qualified engineers into the county yeah. because they couldn't afford to live here. And they said, oh, well, we're going to have to move more of our operations to South Carolina where it's more affordable. And we still haven't done anything about yeah, well, it. My husband is an engineer and he's been trying to get some good engineers um, and he's had people from out of state flown them in, have had all these interviews and every single one of them has has not taken it because they they're like, it's just not really feasible housing. You know, and these are decent paying jobs. These aren't jobs. These aren't low level jobs right out of, you know, entry level jobs or these are not uh, labor jobs or, you know, so uh, if we can't even get our our middle class people or upper middle class people can't even afford to be here. You know, what does that say about everybody else? Because you can't have a society that functions with only wealthy people. It will not function. It It's just an amazing situation that we're in. So again, the only thing that I can look to is that eventually government and those politicians who are running the government, they have to address the problems facing the people that vote. And, and at a certain point, if they ignore that, there's only a matter of time before the chickens come home to roost. You can't distract people with woke politics every day when they can't find a house to live in and they can't afford to live here, eventually they're going to say, whoa, 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 wait a second. I need yeah. you to focus and fix this, not talk about that high, that teachers are indoctrinating our youth, yeah. which, you know, I don't think any of our candidates did a great job of pushing back against some of this rhetoric. I was amazed that, that there wasn't a harder pushback to say, does DeSantis and the Republican Party really believe that all of our teachers, all of the teachers in the state of Florida are working to indoctrinate kids? I just think that that was a, I, I don't see how you can make that argument and be have that be a political advantage to you. Um, but we'll see if it, we'll see how it plays out. But I think eventually if it gets bad enough, you know, we've, we've said this jokingly all the time is, and I said it to the Naples Daily News after 2018 when they asked us how, uh, you know, there wasn't this blue wave. What did you, you know, what did you think? And I said, well, you know, it's not going to change. You guys can't keep blaming Democrats for all the problems when Republicans have had control of the state for 22 years. You can't keep blaming Democrats for everything that's gone wrong in Collier County when we haven't had control of anything for the last 25 years. So at a certain point, if you're in control, you got to own the problems and you can't pointing and sticking the finger out at the Democrats saying it's their fault when you guys have had control of everything. Well, I think I think we've always talked about the fact that Democrats tend to lose a little something in messaging. And I think oftentimes we see an issue and we're like, that is just so stupid. Like, why would I even have to talk about that? People should know that. And I, I just don't think that's the case. I, I hammering these things home to an electorate is important. You can't just say, because we think it's insanity, that the average person is going to think it's insanity as well. Um, I would like to also read something that um, the new Senate president, um, Kathleen Pasadomo, Republican from here in Naples, said in regards to uh, the affordable ho housing crisis. Um, she has said in interviews that her 
number one priority is addressing the lack of safe, affordable housing for the workers in our state. She has gone on record to say that she wants to develop rental housing for middle income workers using creative solutions, such as repurposing vacant strip malls, mixed use communities and tax incentives for developers to build units at affordable rates, some of which um, have been written into the uh, acceptance of some of the um, housing communities that are going to be done kind of out towards the corkscrew area here in Collier County. Um, as when I was reading up on some of those uh, housing communities, they've they've said that they want to put 10% affordable housing, you know, 15% affordable housing. That is their way of, you know, getting that incentive to do that. Of course, you and I and Amber know that is a drop in the bucket of what is the need here in Collier County. She also uh, wants to say that another, she does say, excuse me, that another priority for her is the expansion of the Florida Wildlife Corridor where she wants to build um, a bike path. So I'm gonna, that she is on record, right? When DeSantis was elected, I, of course, thought to myself, all right, you know, he's a Republican. Him and I don't necessarily agree on ideology, but, you know, he doesn't seem like that big of a jerk, okay? And, you know, he ran on protecting our environment and a couple other things that were important to me. Well, fast forward now, and um, yes, he is doing some stuff to uh, kind of help the Everglades, um, but in essence, all of his promises as far as um, the environment and, you know, he made some big ones as far as teacher pay, you know, have gone undone. He hasn't, he hasn't actually made any traction on it. And those were all part of his, his campaign promises. So again, Pasadomo is on record as well. Um, and I think as Democrats, we need to, you know, hold their hands to the fire. These are public statements. You know, it, it's incumbent upon us Democrats to say, well, what did you do on that? Answer that, please. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with Kathleen Pasadomo, I mean, she's been in the Senate now for for a while. Um, and, um, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about Arthrex in regard to affordable housing, the thing that is most frustrating is that this issue has been going on for years. And what the state legislature did and Kathleen Pasadoma was a key member of the Republican state legislature that did this, was in 2017, they passed laws that made it harder for county commissions, for local governments to pass ordinances that would allow them to require developers to implement affordable housing. And the reason for that was that they were trying to neuter the more left communities over in Miami-Dade, uh, sometimes some in Orlando, some in St. Pete that were trying to require environmental practices of the developers. They were upset about that. So they passed a law that said that no local community could pass those laws. Only the state could. And now affordable housing has skyrocketed. Affordable housing, the, the lack of affordable housing has skyrocketed. And now all of a sudden, because they're feeling some political heat, now they've found Jesus when it comes to this issue. And they're saying, oh, we've got to take care of it. It's their number one priority. It should have been their number one priority seven years ago when everyone was telling them it was an issue then. But this is what happens when you have the same party in power. You become sclerotic. 
You don't react to issues because you don't have to. You're in power and you don't have to worry about going out of power. And that is what we're fo faced with right now. And I think that eventually we're going to make some headway, get some good candidates, get some people pushing forward, get some money from the outside entities coming back in. We have a presidential race coming up here in 2024, which will put a lot of attention, a lot of money uh, into it. Rick Scott, who is a unpopular figure uh, as an elected <laughs> everywhere. state Republican. Everywhere. everywhere, but here in Florida, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. And even here in Florida, he spent $40 million of his own money to defeat Bill Nelson and was only able to do it for, uh, by about uh, 12,000 votes. So um, uh, he is going to be uh, a uh, on the ballot in 2024. And uh, so we, we need to put up a good candidate to go up against him. Uh, and DeSantis, as we've said, most likely everything we're seeing is that he's going to be running for for president. So um, we're going to have some things to work for here in, in 2024 uh, uh, that we need to get moving on. So um, with that, I think we'll go ahead and uh, end it. It was a good first podcast back after a while. I thank you guys for joining me and uh, we'll have to do it here again soon. Yes, there's definitely a lot more to discuss that's been going on. So we'll be back for for some more uh, breakdowns of, of the shenanigans in Florida um, and nationally, I'm sure too. Well, awesome. I've needed I've needed these therapy sessions, so I'm back. We're I'm happy that we're back at it. And that's our show. Thank you to everyone for clicking on. Thanks to Agent Thirteen for the theme song. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We got a TikTok channel coming too. It's good to be back. We hope to see everybody again here soon.